All right, buddy. We're back. Round two, six twenty. Take two. Wednesday morning. You didn't hit record on your line last night. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we've done this a lot of times, and somehow we still can't figure out this technical stuff. And we've had issues yesterday at middle of the day. We had issues last night. We are back. No. We're trying to record this we, for the third. We already time. did. We are, we already recorded a forty-five minute show. We got to do it again <laughs> the next day. And my well, I'm getting sick, so so you Team might, Gerald Jones over here. You might be hearing me a lot. Um, so, I'm just going to narrate March of the Penguins for the next like twenty minutes. Guys, <laughs> so, feel free to stop listening anytime. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're, we'll make this this quick and easy and everything like that. But um, we'll, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of a story I have from my uh, bow hunting season here in Ohio this year. Uh, I have been a little bit quiet on that because I've been kind of letting some things work their ways out. But um, And then we're going to talk about some Christmas gift ideas, um, holiday gift ideas, Christmas gift, whatever. And uh, maybe some things that you can consider based off of, uh, you know, kind of our experience with some different stuff. So, does that sound good, Paul? That sounds great, man. All right. You rest that voice there, James, and I'll just I'll just start ripping. So, the, the male penguin carries the egg. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Kids are funny, and the other day I got, um, oh, do you want to hear, I'll tell you the story. This is good, because we didn't have this in last night's thing. Little man's working on reading, right? And he's he's doing really well for himself. He, he his sister is like super advanced in reading. She's a couple years years older, but very very good reader. And and he is not. So he got a joke book from the library yesterday, and he was super excited to read me a joke on the way home. So the, he's like, "Dad, I'm gonna read it to you. You want to hear a joke? Yeah, okay, let's go." And you already it's one of those things you know coming from a second yeah. grader. Like the joke quality is gonna be crap as it is. But then he says. Um, why did the tiger put his head in the toilet? Okay, so now there's the toilets involved, so it's going to get even better. Yeah. Because he wanted to get a pop. All right, that's what he told me. So my daughter says, hey, let me let me see the book. So she reads it, and she goes, Dad, it says, why did Tigger put his head in the toilet? Because he was looking for poo. So that is a, that makes the joke actually have some <laughs> kind of like sense. But little man went off. He's like, that doesn't even make sense. And he's so mad. And it doesn't say Tigger. It says Tiger. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, all of while I'm driving. And uh, oh god, that's that's uh, that's hilarious. You're like Ace. We're gonna talk. You know, we're gonna talk about context here. <laughs> Just context of the joke. Yeah, but he was so proud of himself for reading, and he was yeah. close. He wasn't far off. And let's be honest, Tigger, Tiger, it still confuses me. So. Um, anywho, back to hunting. Um, I don't even know how we went there. Uh, I don't either. Doesn't matter. This, Great story. This spring or spring, this fall has been a challenge like always for me. Um, and I might, I'm going to go through kind of like my attempt, uh, attempts at, at here in Ohio. And it, this is just kind of, um, 
one of those stories where it's like you, you might be confident and you might be think you kind of have an idea of what's going on, but things kind of change for you. Um, as as time goes on, you have to evolve and and live and learn, and uh, there's goods and bads. So, um, I feel like I just told this story, Paul. I did less than no. twelve less than twelve hours ago. Um, but the story starts with a property that I've had access to for a few years. It has not been super fruitful. Uh, I did take a doe there last year, but not the numbers of deer in general just didn't seem to be there. They didn't. It's been, it was one of those counties that was a one deer County there for a couple of years. Uh, the population seemed a little low, nothing on the trail camera ever just, you know, seemed great. Um, and it was, a little over an hour from my house. So it was one of those ones that like, if I was going to hunt it, I had to be really dedicated that day to get out there. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, whether it was in the afternoon or the evening and making time and stuff, whatever. This year I had a little bit, uh, more time, um, some days to get down there. And then the other part was this summer I had, uh, a lot more to look at on the, on the camera. So, uh, there's a deer and I, I think I did post this on, on social media at one point, but there's a deer down there that popped up this summer on, on the camera. Only had one or two pictures of him, but he looked from the angle I had like a 14 point typical. There Big were deer. tines everywhere, right? Big deer. And that was really got me excited. Really got me excited. This idea of this deer. So I was going to, my my goal this year was to really start putting more emphasis on this property. The property itself on the one side has about 500 acres of ag field. And then it is a creek bottom that uh, runs next to a creek, which technically is a creek, could be potentially a river. I don't know, but whatever. It is not a ton of hardwood area as far as like, it's a it's a long skinny property we'll put it that way as far as the hardwoods go but i'm basically the only one out there hunting um and i just had to figure it out so i started to work on this property a little bit i went out there a couple times early earlier in the season to sit and see what was going on you know me i'm no problem taking does out of there if if i get the opportunity so the first two sits, I didn't see anything. I did take the squirrel with the world's largest nuts. Um, I think I'm going to submit those to Boone and Crockett, see if I get, get an entry there. But the there was no, I didn't, I didn't have any deer. So I had been thinking about for a long time, and you and I have talked about this, buying an e-bike. And it was something I basically kind of did on a whim. I mean in the back of my mind, been thinking about it and thinking about it. Finally, I was like, that's it. I'm doing it. I'm just buying one. And, uh, the first place I was going to really try it out was this property because it's a long, narrow property. I had been hunting more on the Northern side of it. Um, and I thought, I, you know, thinking about access and I hear people talk about access all the time. Maybe I'm accessing this wrong. Maybe I'm parking in the wrong spot. If I have this e-bike, I can park a lot further away and I can get a lot further down the property. Um, so I made that jump. I didn't do a whole hell of a lot with new gear this year. So that was kind of my investment there and whatever. But 
first day out with this e-bike. So I've sat on this property a couple times, nothing. Literally seen no deer. Um, so I get the e-bike down there. I go for much further down. Now trying to explain the property. On the one side, I've got the creek. I've got this narrow band of woods that has some pinch points and different things. So one of the, the parts of this was trying to get into one of these little funnels um, where... You know, the deer activity would, in my mind, that pea brain that I have, would be kind of condensed. And at the very southern part of this property is uh, a large CRP area, um, giant bedding, right? So, at least how I would think. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Take the e-bike. It's an afternoon. I want to say it was like November first or second it was early in november and it's an afternoon i get down there i'm a little bit behind schedule like in my mind if i had been there half hour to an hour earlier i would have been feeling better i want to say it was like two thirty, three o'clock i have to go over a levee to get to where i'm going so i go park the bike which was i, I didn't know where to put the bike but i just put it down and and then kind of walk i don't know 20 30 yards Went up over this levee to where this funnel pinch point kind of was. Between the CRP and kind of the rest of the hardwoods, the river, the creek was there. Whatever. I go up over this levee, and of course I sound like a herd of elephants coming over it. I fall over a branch. Not fall, but step on a big branch and lots of leaves cracking. I slid down the hill. um, And... I'm standing there, but I made it, right? And when I stood there, I'm looking at two trees that I want to get in. I also realized that I was in, like, one of the greatest deer sign mecca areas I've ever been. I've never seen scrapes like that. I've never seen rubs like that. I've never seen... So I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it. And there's a lot of things that happen here in the next, like, I don't know. It seemed like eternity, but it was probably five minutes. As I'm standing there looking at which tree to climb, again, rode the bike, so I had everything on my back, my bow, my sticks, my platform, um, my releases in my pocket, arrows are in, in the quiver. I hear a noise off to my left. About 20 yards away, I look, and there's a doe standing there. She doesn't see me. I don't know how, uh, but she had stopped and was had been coming at me from the south to the north, coming at me, didn't really she she just stops i slowly hit the deck i hit the ground i'm like all right what's going on here and i've never hunted from the ground um as soon as i realized that this deer this doe is here i see behind her is the biggest buck i've ever seen in my life um on the ground i can't say from a tree but i would venture to say and instantly i'm like this is that that 14 point deer whatever like get you got to get ready so i slowly get my backpack off I slowly get the bow out. I try to get an arrow knocked. Of course, the arrow has knock has mud in it, so I'm screwing around trying to get the mud out. Then I somehow, by an act of God, was able to get my release out of my pocket and fumble through getting the, the buckle strap put on. And I've got an arrow knocked. At this point, the deer basically are standing there. Again, they're not really, I don't think they can see me. They know something's up, but they're not sure what's going on. She eventually turns around and heads back south from where she, you know, was coming from. Well, he follows her, of course, um, because he was on her ass. And the 
he he's walking away and he stops for a second in a window. And in the moment, I'm like, this is your chance. This is about a 30-yard shot. I I am using my feel for as far as range goes. I don't have the deer um with an actual range finder on it. I didn't feel like I had time um I know there's people out there going to hate me and say, this was a terrible idea, whatever. But I pull back, put that pin. He was quartering away, put that pin right on, on his heart, let go. I see the arrow disappear, but I didn't really think much of it. I thought it went low. Um, and I was like, all right, we need to just chill out and we're going to wait. I had a Luminoc on the end. Um, I'm going to climb this tree. I'm going to sit here and watch and observe. And we'll get down and we'll find the Luminoc and find the arrow after dark. So that's what I did. Saw some more deer out in the field. Nothing ever came through. Uh, but I get down. I go to find the arrow. The other part of this is that it's pushing a property line, um, which was probably very dangerous as far as not, not, not in the sense of hurting anybody, but just as far as where the property line was and where this deer could have gone. Um, I was hoping he had gone into the CRP area, bedded down, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But again, I, n- I never really hunted off the ground. So this was, there's this, I didn't really know what to think. I get down, find the arrow. It took a second, but I found the arrow and I'm like, okay, we'll just grab this and go home. Of course, when I get, get up to the arrow, it is broken in half and it has hair and blood on it. So I'm like, great. I hit this deer. And there's a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, this could be it. This could be, you know, but then there's a part of me that's like, where the hell's this deer? And what's going to ensue now. So, and, and up until this point, I've got three dough in the freezer and or two in the freezer, one for farmers and hunters feeding, feeding the hungry. And, um, I, I'd had a very high success rate as far as the year goes in, in shoot shooting and, and harvesting the deer in the past. That's been a more of an issue. So, um, Knowing that the property line is an issue and it's dark and late and all that kind of stuff, I'm I'm not going to push this deer. So I back out. I remember that you and I had the guy and Mike from Drone Deer Recovery on our show over the summer. I said, "Well, this is the time, right? We've got property lines. We got a good deer. All this kind of stuff." So I call Clayton. Clayton is our local pilot rep. Uh, to come out and help me see what we can find. And he came down the next morning and we start searching and we're going to have Clayton on some point, probably next summer, um, just to give everybody a reminder and introduce him. But the, that thermal camera is unbelievable. The drone ability is unbelievable to get over an area and not mess it up, not leave your scent, all that kind of stuff. He's flying. Um, we see all kinds of stuff. I mean, the heat sensor picking up is is incredible to the point where it was picking up a scrape on the ground at one point. Um, he, like, zooms in. He's like, you see that? I'm like, no. So, well, it's a scrape. And you can then clearly see that there's a scrape there in the deer piston. It is incredible. Um, we don't find the deer, right? The one area, though, that he 
couldn't really tell me was the creek itself. Whether it's the water, the heat of the water, or the reflection off the water, the thermal doesn't really pick it up. If you look at the image above, the whole creek is red. Like, you're looking for red spots, but the creek itself is all red. So if there was something red in the red, you're not going to see it. And um, I was like, all right, well, you know, I've already, dude, I've sunk money into this. And, you know, that whole idea of free or free meat, right, uh, doesn't exist when it comes to deer. But I let it go uh, for a couple of days, and I think I was mowing. That was, all that happened on, like, a Friday morning looking for the deer. Sunday, so Sunday I was mowing. I think I texted you right away. I'm like, Paul, I got this idea that deer is in the creek. Like, I need to go down the creek. So I did what all good hunters would do. I bought the cheapest inflatable kayak on Amazon possible. And the next chance I had, I was like, I'm going to at least go try to find this deer hung up in the creek somewhere. So I go down. I, I It was a couple of days later just because of work and life that I had, I had before I could get down there. I went down and hunted the morning. And then remember that, and this isn't, you know, a little bit of a drive from home. Midday, I ran to, I'm trying to think how this went. I went down and I put my e-bike down at the the get out point of the creek. I drove back with the truck and the kayak and got into the creek up, you know, up creek or up the river. I floated the creek. I did not find the deer. I got out of the creek. I got on the e-bike. Now, and I got hung up in the creek a few times because it was pretty shallow. So I got wet feet and everything else. It was a beautiful little float down the creek, I'll tell you that. Like saw a bald eagle and a mink and a coyote and a bunch of deer and all kinds of stuff. Um, but then I got to the get-out point, dropped the kayak, got on the bike, rode the bike back to the truck, got in the truck. I almost thought I lost my keys but I did find them. Um, got in the truck, drove back, loaded up the kayak, and went home. I don't know what else I could have done, Paul, as far as looking for this deer. So the long story short of the whole thing is that I tried my best. Um, I learned. Uh, when when you're especially when you're exploring new areas or really anytime you're walking into the woods, even if it is two thirty or three o'clock in the afternoon and they shouldn't be active, um, you might be walking into mom and dad's bedroom, so be ready to put for what you're gonna see. Uh and yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have taken that shot. Maybe I should practice it more. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I gave it my all as far as trying to find it, and I never came up with that deer. Um, there, I, I can't tell you exactly which deer it was because I do know that, that what I thought was a 14 point ended up being 11 points, massive, beautiful deer was taken by the neighbors. So shout out to those guys, Ryan and crew, um, because they, uh, they did get that big one down on the ground and total stud deer, but yeah, it was one of those things. It was kind of a tough story, and uh, I was kind of seeing how the whole thing shook out. But um, and we got kind of busy there with with other things going on. But anywho, you know, it's uh, I we talked about it last night a little bit, and I'm listening to Josh from Wisconsin. 
talk about his rutcation this year. He went in very, not cocky, but confident in his abilities. Last year, I, I felt like I grew a lot in my ability to find deer and beyond deer. And that continued uh, almost too well this year to the point where uh, I didn't, you know, I got into something that I was not, I did not expect. And I don't know, next year, I think I've got that property. If I can get some cameras set up on the pinch points, I've learned a lot about how they're traveling it more. And I know there's good deer down there. So maybe next year will be a better opportunity and setup. But we got, we got some work to do as far as the scouting goes. And we'll see, and we'll see. So, yeah, it's a that's a tough, it's a tough break, man. I know you're pretty pretty tore up about it, and and uh, hunting doesn't always go the way that that we plan. It's unfortunate and rips your heart out, and you hate it. Yeah, you do everything you can to, you know, find the animal, and and uh, I mean, there's a good chance that 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 that, that dude's out running around. Right now. So, well, I mean, deer are incredibly tough. They are, and we've seen it. Um, and he, I've, I've got plenty of deer running through those cameras right now. So, yeah, it's yeah. very possible. But, so, anywho, let's get on to the fun stuff, man. Yeah, uh, we're going to do uh, a little holiday buying guide for uh, for either yourself, send it to your wife or your girlfriend or whoever, or your boyfriend, whatever. Who, <laughs> I'm sure we have women listening to the show, right? <clears throat> it has to be. Um, sure. I'm gonna say yes. We got some ladies listening to this program. Thank you. Uh, so so holiday gift guide buying guide. Some of these months are are uh, products that 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 we've used that support the show. Some of them are just stuff that we like, man. I you, you have a list. Uh, I did not still still haven't made a list even after we've done the episode already once. Um, why don't you go first? What's your first uh, Andrew Mont's? 2023 yeah christmas and so and real quick paul and i we 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 try to get um things that are kind of anything from stocking stuffers to kind of full-blown investments um and again it's it's not one we're just we're just throwing out there what we've been using and have used and kind of are behind um so the first one and this is uh, a good uh, if you need justification for the entire family uh really was impressed with that meat lug cooler from half rack and it's it's something that you know a lot of our hunting gear it's something we use for a couple months of the year and then it's stuck on the shelf and perhaps you catch grief on why it costs so much for something that you don't really use all year long but honestly that meat lug you could use that going grocery shopping going to a party whatever all year long and then oh by the way it also can carry a completely deboned deer. Also functions at Aldi. Yes, Aldi, Kroger, and the Woods. So uh, that's something that, to me, is very versatile. Um, it is a high-quality cooler, very nicely done, holds a lot of stuff, um, something that you might consider. Yeah, big fan. Uh, we're going to stick in the uh, the, the half-rack uh, world there. The, I've, I've talked about it, the hunter hangers. Listen, you can get on the website, the o2podcast.com, type in half rack. You can get a two pack of them for $12. Put the code in O2. You save yourself 10% on that. Uh, any purchase. Um, months they go right into studs, they go to drywalls. These things are just like plastic, the little peg to hold things in. I can't tell you how useful these things are 
Uh, you get all sorts of color options there. Pretty cool. You get a two-pack or ten-pack uh, are, are the options. But <clears throat> you are going to have a world of possibilities to use these things. I absolutely love them. 12 bucks, the O2podcast.com. Check them out. Yeah, Big Paul, fan. I, I, I love them. I could have 100. And and Paul's referring to on our shop. Go to our website, go2podcast.com. Click the shop tab. A lot of what we talk about today will be on there. Not all of it, a lot of it, though. And um, you can you can buy everything there, fully legit, ready to go. So, um, And that is great. Stocking stuffers. Sticking with stocking stuffers. Uh, Wicked North. Uh, also on our on our page there um is he's got bobby's our buddy up there okay and we're not just saying this because bobby's our buddy we're saying this because the stuff works the two two products he's got there are the big game kill kit and the euro mount um i had the website up last night i can't remember the exact name but big game kill kit stupid simple but stupid easy and i think it's like 11 bucks you get it, you just have this bag, and it's got two pairs of gloves, it's got sanitary wipes, it's got other bags for your heart and your liver, uh, a zip tie for your tag. It's got like everything that you could need when it comes to killing the or gutting the animal besides a knife. Um, totally worth it. Great stocking stuffer. I always have a few of them to start the year, throw one in my pack, use it, next time reload. And Yeah, yep. for sure. The, the Euro amount is called the hang-up. The hang-up, okay. $29. $29. Euro mount. This is if you're if you shot a buck this year or planning on it next year or anything like that. The Euro mount, it's stupid simple. I am not a carpenter. I actually am very bad at that kind of stuff. I like to try, but it makes that very easy. And when I shot my buck up in Michigan, the first thing I did was buy one of these mounts because I knew I was going to need it. And um not something that's going to break the bank, but good to have on hand, even an extra, uh, being optimistic. Or if you did harvest an animal this year uh, that you want to display, that's a great option there. Yep, sure. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Oh, I'm just clearing my throat. I'm voice is racked. I'll tell you what, I, I've got a shameless plug, turkeyseason.com. See that hat? Yes, beautiful. Oh, man, look at that. Look at that walking Tom, if you turkey hunter. Got some cool hats, cool options uh, for T-shirts up there, uh, and some neat stuff. So can't go wrong Check with a new hat. Turkeyseason.com. And let's see. Talking Blackgate hunting uh, cameras. So we we've talked a lot about those. I will say that um, the people I know that have also purchased them love them. So it's not just an Andrew and Paul thing. And the quality is, is top-notch. The cell phone plan is very competitive. Um, and the camera is super easy to use. They've got the R, I'll screw it up, 4G or RG4. R4G, right? Um, which, 4G. Which is the one that has the camera that can do pictures or videos. And then you got the, the light version, which is just the just still pictures, but still a great option. Um, check those out. Uh, those are not on our website, but blackgatehunting.com for all that. And if you use the code O2 podcast, it'll save you 10%. So for new cameras, there's that option. Um, if it was up to me, I would switch all of my cameras over to those. The 
First Light. Okay, we've talked about First Light before. I'm a huge fan of the transfer pack. If you need a backpack, it is bigger, but it's like you can cinch it down and make it smaller if you need to. I just like to have the ability to have that extra space if need be. Uh, and then on the gear side or the clothing side of stuff, uh, they got tons of great options. I'm not going to go into that whole line, but this year the trace system, the pants and the shirt is their lightweight stuff. Super comfortable, breathable, all that kind of stuff for those early season hunts. I imagine they'd be great for a turkey hunt in the spring when it gets warm so if you need to upgrade your kind of early season deer kit or late season turkey kit, um, warm weather gear, take a look at that. I know as we sit here in, in the middle of December, that's probably tough, but uh, to think about, definitely something I would consider there. Trying to see the one first light product that I like. It's, it's like 50 bucks is the hand muff. I love that thing. Um, check that out. It's, I, I use it in Turkey season. I use it in deer season, duck season. Um, North mountain gear makes a really good, a really good hand muff too. Comes in bottom land. I believe, um, that thing's pretty cool. Uh, North mountain gear, first light, any of those hand muffs. If you're not using one, you will appreciate it. I do. Uh, I do promise you that. So absolutely. Um, so timber ninja, is another one of our partners and Jason and Bo and those guys, American made products. Well, you've heard us talk about them. Now, if you are considering getting into the saddle game, we ran, I ran the nano this year, Paul, you ran the ultimate. The nano is kind of your minimalist, um, side of things. I loved it. Uh, it was like wearing nothing, uh, as far as, you know, walking into the woods, riding into the woods, whatever, the saddle game and Timber Ninja stuff is going to be on the higher end dollar-wise. There's no doubt about that. But I can assure you the quality's there and the support's there. And if this is something you were thinking about getting into, and this is not, I mean, it, I think it'd be really hard, you know, if you were asking your wife, I need, I need the stuff for saddle stuff. You'd have to give them, like, the full list, right? Um, if you're going to piece this together over the upcoming eight months or whatever as you lead into next season and get comfortable now isn't a great time to think about that, but if you have any questions on the saddle hunting or any of that stuff, there's a very good chance that somebody you know saddle hunts because it's become so popular, or if you want, you can ask us questions. Timber Ninja on their website has a lot of great um, options. This is another one that is available on our website as well. Yeah. Moving on quick, months are running out of time. I hear little footsteps running around upstairs. Uh one of my favorite authors, if you were a turkey hunter uh, or someone in your life is a turkey hunter, Tom Kelly, Colonel Tom Kelly, great books, uh, really kind of established the um, the ground rules of what it means to be a turkey hunter. Uh, pretty neat stuff. Tom Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Inc., I-N-C.net. Tom Kelly, I-N-C.net. This is around the edges, too. This is a good one. Tenth Legion is the just the – th that is the book for the turkey hunter. So check – his website out, tomkellyinc.net. Very good. A couple more, Paul. Um, so we... we now nah, you get two. No, no couple. Two. What do you got? I'm going to go quick. Uh, E-bike. So 
This is one that I struggled with buying for a long time, but I will tell you, if I didn't have that e-bike, I don't ever have access. I don't ever get deep into that property that I told you about earlier. That was uh, a game changer for me. Yes, it is a huge investment. Yes, it is not something that you just willy-nilly decide to buy. Uh, the one I got was Quiet Cat. It was, it's been amazing. Their customer support's been great. So check that out. Now, Paul, on to things that are perhaps not um, materialistic goods. As I sit here with uh, the re, the re, uh, what is this? Re-upping of our fishing charter. Right now is uh, I've got the paperwork here, but the uh, right now is a really really good time to walleye fish in the state of Ohio. Oh, yeah. The guys up there's charter captains up there in Port Clinton. In that area um, that are ready to book trips and are book, booking up fast for next year, if you are looking for an experience and something to go out and do with other people or by yourself or your family or whatever, um, this that is a great opportunity. Those guys will get you on fish. You will come back with fish. Ohio is kind of, we are in the golden age right now of walleye fishing as far as the hatch numbers go and the success up there. It's not going to break the bank if you do it with a bunch of people. It's you know something we now look forward to every year. Uh, so I, I highly suggest that you look into that. Another one, yeah. and I'm sorry we're flying through this, but it's uh, Paul. We're talking Christmas. We're talking holidays. We're talking first of the year. We talk about it a lot. Your weight loss along the way. My obsession with kind of fitness and, and health. But the fit to hunt is uh uh our buddy jeremy over there kind of like a personal guide trainer to better health and wellness you guys are are if you're going out in the woods you're doing stuff that's physical whether you're climbing a tree or climbing into a blind or whatever you're doing you got to drag a deer out you need to have a certain level of fitness to get that done you know right and and to not uh hurt yourself but overall health and wellness will make your life quality better um, so take the steps and get in contact with somebody like Jeremy at fit to hunt, uh, to, you know, start those down that road of, uh, you know, better hunting, better, better life quality. Yeah. Small incremental changes, man. That's what I've made over the last couple of years. And it's, uh, it's benefited me personally at home, uh, and, and really see, see strong, good results in the, in, in the turkey woods and deer woods. So, yeah. Paul, last one, good, good thing. last one. I know you said I didn't have much, much time, but all else fails. Give the gift or receive, ask for the gift of a membership to one of our charitable organizations. It could yeah. be Farmers and Hunters Feeding the Hungry, NDA, Ducks Unlimited, National Wild Turkey Federation, you name it, right? Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. These groups need your dollars to help do good things in the, in the woods and in the community. Most of their or the organization fees like thirty five bucks a year. It's not the end of the world, but it's something you can put on your list and get taken care of. Get that done. Help the the cause and the future uh, for all of us and our children and their children. So. And the critters we love. Yes, sir. So good deal, everybody. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week, uh, and we will uh, talk to you then. Have a have a great week. Be safe. And hope everybody is uh, staying calm and under control leading into the holiday season. See you guys.